On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, our Six Degrees of Separation retro series is taking us back to the days of Camelot with 2004's King Arthur. Sponsored by Miller Theatres. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And with theaters still shut down, we were forced into doing a retro and keeping up with our Six Degrees of Separation theme for this year. We landed on 2004's King Arthur. Yeah, so we started with Event Horizon. Mm Mm-hmm. Which got us uh, Lawrence Fishburne, which led us to Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, which got us to, <laughs> don't know how to say his name. I think I looked it up for Silver Surfer. I think it's like Jan, Jan Griffud, I think. Who plays Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Got us to King Arthur. Yes. Which he plays Lancelot. Mm-hmm. So, mind you... This is the same time as Fantastic Four came out. Uh, yeah, it was. I didn't even look at that. Do we know if it was before or after, or is it like seriously the same year? Uh, I think it's the same year as the first one, and two okay. years before the second one. And I think this guy had a nice, promising career coming off King Arthur, and then destroyed it with Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay, so King Arthur was two thousand four, <laughs> and the first Fantastic Four was actually two thousand five. 2005 okay yeah so i mean close enough yeah but but they aged him up quite a bit in fantastic four yeah and you know what's funny about that is like i guess i wouldn't really look at either movie and think oh he should be in that like i i wouldn't look at fantastic four and be like oh he should be in king arthur and i certainly don't look at king arthur and be like oh he should be in fantastic four like right (laughs) none, none of this really adds up to me Right, which seems like, because I saw, obviously, this first, before that came out, and and so that was my first impression was King Arthur, and yours is, first impression of him is Mr. Fantastic yeah. going going to medieval, so that's curious to me. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't work out for me either way, I don't think, <laughs> but uh, we, can, we can save that before we dive into it. Um, so yeah, let's get going on this, but first, let's, uh, let's hear from our sponsor. This episode of Two Views Movies is proudly sponsored by Miller Theatres, your family-owned and operated hometown theater. Recently voted number one movie theater in eastern Jackson County. Come see us on Tuesdays for crazy discounts, including $5 movies all day long. Go big by selecting a showtime in our Lux Auditorium. It's our signature state-of-the-art auditorium with electric recliners, wall-to-wall iris screens, Dolby 7.1, and more. Check us out at MillerTheaters.com today. Thank you, Miller Theaters and Blue Springs A, for sponsoring this episode. And again, during this uh, time of quarantine, any time that you can get out there, uh, I guess not get out there, get online and purchase uh, some gift cards. Or as uh, soon as we get back going, you know, flood the theaters. Let's uh, let's let's try to help them out. 
Yep. Got to support the local businesses through all of this. I know it's tough to support a movie theater right now, but gift cards will help. And then flooding the theater when we are able to would uh, help even more. So King Arthur, let's kick it off. Let's go. Uh, The story of the Arthurian legend based on the Sarmatian hypothesis, which contends that the legend has a historical nucleus in the Sarmatian heavy cavalry troops stationed in Britain and that the Roman British military commander Lucius Artorius Castus is the historical person behind the legend. It's a very textbook uh, summary there from Letterboxd. Yes, it was. I mean, it's fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who has done Training Day, Equalizer, Olympus Has Fallen, Magnificent Seven. Likes to partner with uh, Denzel, but not so much for King Arthur. Yeah, he's not Sumerian. Nope. Uh, Sarmatian. Not not, not Sumerian. Sumerian. Sorry. No. I was jumping to Conan. <laughs> uh, the cast, Clive Owen, Jan Grafud, Kira Knightley, Mads Mikkelsen, Joel Edgerton, Hugh Dancy, Ray Winstone, Stephen Delane, Ray Stevenson, Till Schweiger, and Stellan Skarsgård. If you're saying, who are those guys, I bet you'd know them when you see them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I sent you a message in the first 10 minutes of me watching this movie. I was like, there are so many that guys in this movie. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty good. Now, the one thing that, and I've seen this movie many times. Uh, I own it. Uh, I enjoy it. I was halfway through this viewing before I bothered looking up who Merlin was. Didn't recognize him. Never knew uh, it was him. Uh-oh. Okay, hold on. Keep talking because, so you're saying, did you look him up because you like thought there was a hint of somebody you recognized nope. there? Or, okay. Not in, the, not in the slightest. Didn't know it was am him. I, am I'm I like, hey, who is him? this guy? Maybe without a beard. Uh, maybe he's somebody. You hmm. should know who he is. Okay, one second. I'm looking. You know who I wanted to be Merlin, though? Um, I'm not saying like I thought this was him, but like who I thought would make a good Merlin was um, the bad guy from Mission Impossible Fallout and the one before it. You know, the guy with the real creepy voice. Okay. Okay, so this is the Steve. I don't know if it's Stephen Delane or I don't know if it's Stephen or Stephen, but I think it's Stephen. Stannis Baratheon. Oh, it is. Interesting. Yeah. I did not recognize him at all. Even now, after watching all of Game of Thrones, going back and watching, didn't recognize him. Yeah. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's really dirty and long hair and, you know. Even after I knew it was him, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to watch it and like, Stannis? What? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Lots Um, of that, guys. Yeah, tons of them. So you said you like this movie? I do like this movie. Okay. I do like this movie. I like, uh, this was, I think, one of uh, Clive Owen's coming out parties. And sure. Then, and then he kind of didn't. Um, he was kind of that, uh, he had that superhero vibe, I think, but he was a little, probably about 10 years too late. Or too early, okay. I guess, on the superhero fad i think he would have been been right in there had he been younger during all this but he, he's a he's a big guy i liked him i liked lance a lot uh kira knightley that was right on her her upward trend i think this came after love actually and it gave her a, a different kind of feel and uh really i just i just enjoy this movie really i i, I don't get it 
it, it is very plain to me. Like, I didn't think the story did anything. Like, it posits his origins as something different, I guess. But beyond that, it doesn't feel like anything new to me or refreshing to me or... I don't know. Like for for a historical epic, it feels very mundane. See, I'm a I'm a sucker for uh, anything that has to do with medieval or Roman or even Arthurian legend. So I I like all of that stuff. And so this is a a different take on all that, and and I enjoy having a more grounded um, interpretation of it. That's not a wizard or a, a lady of the lake, you know, that, that type mm-hmm. of thing, uh, that, you know, you get into a movie like first night with Sean Connery and you know, Camelot never happened or where was it type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Camelot itself was not there. Somehow it got destroyed every brick and built <laughs> over somehow. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how they try to explain all that, but this like, okay, this could have happened maybe sort of, yeah, I get the realistic aspect of it. I just feel like it was boring. I guess I, when you strip away all the fantastical elements, all you're really left with is a story of some knights and the only thing unique about this movie in truly any way, shape, or form. The only thing that it does well is its theory about who Arthur is. And you can read that on a piece of paper as opposed to like... They don't even really necessarily explore that all that much other than him having this internal conflict between, you know, his duties to Rome and, you know, the the freedom of the Britons. So, like, I I guess that wasn't enough to me to really rope me in. Um, I feel like it was sort of like a, a lame gladiator. is kind of like, but gladiator had an inspiring story and something you could latch onto a little bit more. I felt like this was just kind of plotting through its its story or its hypothesis as opposed to even really telling a really good story, honestly. Well, I do. I don't think his background is the best part of this at all. Um, I don't think it's really explained very well. Or if it was, like, okay, so it, <laughs> yeah, that's how it, I felt. Okay, so so. But saying that's the best part of the movie, I think uh, the the best part of the way they're they're telling this are obviously the knights. I think the knights are the strongest point. Of yeah, this movie. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that we we get to know them kind of, but not fully. But I also would have liked, uh, like the relationship between them all to be better fleshed out. But I did like, uh, I like them winning their freedom. I like them being against their will. Uh, I, I think that all worked. But I really enjoyed that. It was fine. I, I like the knights themselves. Um, the kind of the different characters that they are, the different aspects that they bring to it. Their interaction with Arthur is fine. I just didn't think that story-wise, it's like the characters are there to do something good with, but the story was just very plain. There's nothing special about this movie. And even the characters that have potential, I don't really think there was much done with that potential. Well, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, uh, let's take Lancelot, for example. Like, The only thing really cool about him that I liked was the fact that he had two swords. Like other than that, for sure. Yeah, other than that, Lancelot was really just kind of lame. The only thing he 
did was get into a couple shouting matches with Arthur, uh, you know, because as the right hand man, he's supposed to be the, the sounding board and the guy that keeps Arthur in check or the guy that pushes him to where he needs to go. And outside of that stereotypical right hand man, I mean, he brings nothing really to the table. I feel like that was the relationship they should have focused on more of is between Lancelot and Arthur. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think like they had that talk in the, right at the beginning of the end of, you know, you and I are basically like brothers. You're like, we haven't really seen that. Agreed. You know, it's like, like you know me better than anybody. And I was like, well, we haven't had that, that you yep. two together, uh, up and now from that point on, I thought everything was really good between them, but you didn't really have that feel when they were having that argument. Agreed. And usually in those kind of situations, not that I want this movie to be any more formulaic than I felt like it already was, but usually there's the, uh, you know, the knights start to question Arthur, but then Lancelot would, you know, rally them in front of them, but then go back secretly to Arthur and be like, Hey, I just had your back back there, but you got to promise me you're not screwing me over here. Like that didn't happen, which again, I don't necessarily want it to, but you got to have more to that relationship, like you said. And then there's something else, too. I don't know if this bothered you or not, but I feel like this movie takes for granted, even though it posits something new about Arthur's background or who he is or the whole Roman aspect of it, I feel like the movie takes for granted people's inherent knowledge of the King Arthur story. So, like, to your point about not doing enough to really show you that relationship between Arthur and Lancelot, I think the movie just kind of is like, all right, you should know that Arthur and Lancelot are really good friends. And then something else they do that bothered me was they they try and kind of poke around the Guinevere Lancelot stuff, but it doesn't work. Like in the end he saves her. And I, I think what they're trying to hint at is that he liked her. And I think from all of our background of Arthur's stories, we know that, but the movie doesn't do anything to tell you that. Oh, I think it does. I think the he flirts with her the whole time. And yeah, I didn't really pick up on a lot of that. He's sitting there watching her getting sponge bathed and Well, sure, who's little... not going to watch Kira Knightley get sponge bathed? <laughs> I mean, that that's just every red-blooded knight out there is going to do that. <laughs> but there there are a lot of scenes with them too. Of you and I are are alike and then he revealed his kind of you know, I would have left you to die type of thing. Like that's my personality. Um, but I think there was enough there, but they didn't, I'm glad they didn't go into the, oh, you slept with my woman. She was my, my betrothed or whatever they were going to go. I'm glad they didn't go down that love triangle thing, but they did enough of flirtation to say that there was something there. Yeah. But see, I kind of feel like that's the problem. I feel like if you're not going to go that path then just don't go that path, because to me, there wasn't enough of that stuff to hint that there was anything there. So then when he goes and dies basically for her on the battlefield, like I feel like the movie's expecting you to feel something like, Oh, you should know that Lancelot had a thing for Guinevere. So you should feel something about this, but the movie itself didn't really do anything for that. So I just would have rather they not have done that altogether. I think he went to save her because they were friends. I think that was fine because they were friends. I don't know. I feel like it was made out the way it was shot and the like the looks and how everything was happening, I think you were supposed to get a little bit more than just, oh, hey, they're, they're just two knights that were dying for each other. I think it was laid out to be a little bit something different than that, but I don't think it was earned. That's my problem with it. I did like the round table, and I did like that there were lots of knights missing. Yep, that was good. I did not like how they tried to weave Excalibur into it. 
Yeah. They made um, it some legendary sword like that the the Wodes knew about. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, if you kill me with Excalibur, then it makes this ground holy. Like, mm-hmm. that's, why is that? And then him pulling it out of his dad's grave to go, like, that was a sword from the stone. Like that. Yeah. That, I think they were just trying to weave that in where it didn't belong. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, again, they're taking advantage of people, people's background with the story. If you didn't know anything about Arthur, like, what the hell would it matter what his sword was named or why he pulled it from a stone or anything like that? And again, I I, I don't think you have to do that because I mean I, I definitely like movies where anymore like the the Spider Man's the Batman. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die. I don't need to see Martha Wayne die. You know, I mean we've been there, done that, and I feel that's kind of the same with Arthur. But it's like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Like just leave it alone. Then I agree with you. Like don't don't wedge that in because it didn't buy you anything. Yeah, it's like they wanted to address it because that's part of the legend and where did it come from? Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But it just, I, I guess I had a problem with the Wodes thinking that that was a special sword. Well, like if he, actually, if he did that when he was a kid, maybe to defend his mother or something. Yeah. Um, okay, that's part of his story, but why would they know anything about that? Agreed. And and I actually don't hate the seed that that, that plants, but you never follow up on it. So, like, I guess I'm not saying it needed to be magical or that it needed to do anything like that, but Merlin and all them are, are like, woefully underexplained in this movie. And I, I don't know. If, yes. I mean, it's just, I guess, we're they're just a group of bandits that are fighting for their, you know, freedom. They're kind of like the free folk in Game yeah, of Thrones. That's exactly what my wife came in a little late, and I was explaining everything, and I said, well, these are the people. These are the free folk above the wall north yeah. of the wall <laughs> yeah i mean they literally say that in this movie too right yeah. it's north of the wall and i was laughing every time they said that but I, I guess it it seemed like there was some potential there to be kind of cool with the way they set up merlin and them but they don't explain any of it oh i did i mean it was an easy out for them to talk about merlin because they said yeah they believe that he's some sort of wizard or something and that's fine if that was just legend you know that mm-hmm. the romans are thought of him and so it's like, okay, that explains it. That's fine. He didn't have to be. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, to me, some of the coolest stuff about the Arthur stuff is the the magical elements, whether it's the sword and the stone or whether it's Excalibur or whether it's Merlin. And I feel like if you're going to be, I don't know, they just dabbled in it a little bit. And I, I'm like, okay, if you're going to mess around with it and say that this is holy ground if Excalibur spills blood, then then let's dive into that a little bit more. Like, you just kind of dangled that there and didn't follow up on it, and now I'm just left wanting more in a bad way. So either just take it out or let's roll with it. But I would have liked to have seen more, like, especially in the beginning, like, when Clive Owen is staring out at the trees, and he can it's almost like he can sense that Merlin's out there. Like, right. They're almost kind of playing that as though they have some kind of connection and you don't know why, and maybe that'll come up later, like they have something in their history, which I know they they kind of do, but it's really just that he blames Merlin for killing his um, mom, parent, parents, basically. Yeah, 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 just the mom, I guess. But you get the hint that there's more to it there from how they shot that in the beginning. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a lot to be explored, but I think that's just you wanting more of the Arthurian legend, I think. Yes, but I think it's because the movie 
does a few of those things that make me want there to be more or think that more is coming instead of just, hey, let's just not like, like, do you, okay, I guess what I'm saying is you already agreed that you don't have to have the sword in the stone scene and the Excalibur spilling blood scene, right? Yes. I'm so fine then, with this. I'm fine with the sword in the stone. If you don't mention the Excalibur thing later. Okay. And then what is having Merlin be the leader of the free folk really buying you at this point in the movie? Just another character in the story. Right. So why make it Merlin at that point? Cause where's Merlin? Well, right. But so I guess what I'm saying is either lean into that stuff a little bit more with Merlin and Excalibur and all that stuff and fold it in in a cool way, or let's just take it all out together. I feel like those are the only names that you know in this. Well, sure. If you're going to do King Arthur and you don't have Guinevere or, or Merlin, well, I mean, you could have worked. Well, no, you could still have Guinevere. You just didn't have to have Merlin in there. I mean, Guinevere actually comes in and plays a significant role. Merlin is really just a bystander in all this. He doesn't really do anything. He's the leader of the free folk. Well, right, but I'm saying in in reality, he doesn't do anything. He screams with his tongue out. <laughs> so. I just don't I, I don't like what this movie did. I can see kind of what it was trying to do in some regards, but it didn't pull it off for me at all. Now, I, I do have to I probably should have mentioned this off the top, but I watched the director's cut extended edition. Yeah. So, not sure what you watched, but mine I, was more more bloody, more violent, had, had definitely longer fight scenes, which I enjoyed. Ugh. It didn't need longer fight scenes. The the last battle with the Saxons felt like 20 to 30 full minutes of like not really much of anything happening. Like, I mean, I know they're fighting on the screen, but it wasn't anything cool. I was just like, all right, I mean, when is this battle going to end? And they like kind of stop and start two different times. And I just wanted it over with at that point. Well, that's, that's the wrong idea to have. If you <laughs> no. go into it, not, if you're sitting there not liking the movie, then sure, I guess, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked the fight scene too. Oh, no, I wasn't feeling much of anything in this movie. The Knights were about the only thing. I, I really wasn't liking Clive Owen. Uh, I was like, where's Kira Knightley for half the movie? Um, the Knights, yeah, I agree with you about the Knights. The Knights were the best part about the movie. I mean, playing a little bit of that guy game to myself, but then also just I, I liked each of their little uh, quirks and, and characteristics that they had. And who is your favorite knight? Um, That's really tough. Um, really? I mean, kind of. I I really I normally don't go to the brutish guys, but uh, Ray. Uh, let's see, he'd be Ray Winston because there's two Rays in this, right? Not Punisher yeah. Warzone. That's Ray Stevenson. Right. Um, so so Ray Winstone was one that I liked, but I mean, if I was forced to pick it, I, I think I'm going with Mads. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was been a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, Mads was really cool. I mean, they, they did kind of play him up awkwardly. I mean, but he's kind of the quiet, weird type. Got the hawk. He can, you know, he can pull the Robin Hood move, but with knives. Um, that was pretty cool. I mean, your boy Joel was pretty good too, though. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's he's all right, but Mads Mads was the the cool one. Yeah, he had the Mads different sword. Cool. His little swagger to him, the longbow. Yeah, I think Lancelot was the worst though. I, I think you you have too much of Mr. Fantastic in your brain. <laughs> no, I mean it, it certainly doesn't help, but it's not like you know Ray Stevenson as. Well, the worst know, was Galahad. Uh, okay, that's that's fair. Thank that you. is fair. Okay, uh, I actually just <laughs> exclude him because I felt like he was really worthless in the whole thing. He, he's not even a that guy. 
<laughs> no. I, I, I looked him up and goes, he done anything? I'm like, no. Yeah. No, Lan- Lancelot to me just seemed out of place the whole time. Like, I don't know whether it was his acting or, or what, but it just like, he didn't quite, maybe it was his facial hair. Like, I don't, I don't quite know. Something about him always kind of took me out of the element. Whereas I, I bought, I fully bought everybody else in that. What if he stretched? Oh God. I mean, <laughs> stretch, a, stretch cool dance. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but Mads Mikkelsen is definitely the best one for sure. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I thought that was going to be a quick, quick answer. Yeah, I mean the the brute guy uh, was playing at my, uh, not heartstrings, but you know, t- tickling my fancy a little bit. Tickling your fancy. Yeah, I normally don't uh, go for the the big brutish types in in those. I usually like the more stealthy, quirky guys. But I don't know, like like I pulled off the the drunken role uh, pretty well. See, and I didn't consider him like the the big brutish guy. I figured that was uh, Punisher. Um. I mean, they they probably both play a little bit of that. I just think that you know, oh, the you know, if you had slapped a long beard on that guy, he just you know, he's kind of thicker. Yeah, you know, I kind of imagined him having a hammer, even though Warzone had axe. the axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle hammer. <laughs> so okay, so you like this movie? So I'm gonna get to my my critique here. Okay, King Arthur as a strategic general is terrible. Yeah. This end fight, he does just about everything absolutely wrong. <laughs> so I, I can't. So I've watched this movie many times. I do enjoy it. And once you get to, okay, now you're you're actually fighting. But you have this wall. You have catapults. You have archers. That's all you really need. Mm-hmm. And they don't use any of them. So maybe, maybe they storm and get through the wall. But how many of them could you have killed with your catapults and your archers before they even get there? Let's just open it up and let them walk in. And then your friends would still be alive. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like much of anything in that final fight scene. It was tough for me to even focus on military strategy. But yeah, you make great points. I mean, old Merlin wheeled out the the trebuchet a little late in the game. (laughs) It's like, you've already ignited fire and then you're going to, okay, hold on. We're still not going to shoot this off yet. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. I thought the all was a little bit groan inducing to me because you could tell they were laying a trap for something. And I just, I feel like it's the kind of trap that we see all the time. Like, Oh, they're going to walk in and we're going to set something on fire and they'll be caught in it. I was just like, all right, been there, done that. Well, mind you, this is 2004, so yes. you've seen a lot of that since. Man, I mean, Braveheart, Braveheart was before this. I, I get that. <laughs> but it's been done a lot since then. Okay. So uh, you may be desensitized to some cool strategery. <laughs> I'm not sure that this movie has cool strategy. No, it, it, it didn't. Anyway. He had okay. the, the opposite. Although I did like the shot of the door opening and him coming through the smoke. And mm-hmm. so you have to justify why is there smoke, you know? Sure. And so maybe, maybe <laughs> that's, that's what they were going for. Let's, let's destroy yeah. all military strategy for this one shot. Yeah. You, you think that's how it went down. They, they wanted the single shot of him coming through the smoke in the door and then they invented the way around it. Yes. Yes. That's, awesome. that's our trailer right here. We're going to put that in the trailer of him coming through the smoke and then uh, we'll figure it out. We'll <laughs> figure I, it out. I don't doubt it in a movie like this. 
No, it's better than that. Don't give me a movie like this. This is better I mean, than that. It's just an average movie. Oh, it, it's, it's above a, average movie. No, it's, it, it's average through and through. Oh my gosh. It, it's an entirely, me. I mean, it's totally forgettable. It's not so bad that I will remember it, and it's not good enough to be worth remembering. Just like your take here. I mean... But it sounds it, like we're, we're getting into our, our stuff. Yeah, I, I think we're... I, I, I have been out of things to say for quite a while about this movie. <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> okay, let's get to our questions. All right. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I... I'm running out of things to say. Are you ready? So, he says an average movie. What would you have given it? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yep. Right there not in a that. Three. Not, not even nope. a that guy bump. Nope. It's right there. You had all it, sorts it's... of fun trying to pick out all of that guys. Yeah. I mean, and there was even one you didn't even recognize. I did. But uh, I forgot what movie we talked about recently. I think it was Bloodshot, where it's like you you finish the movie, and I was clearly like, yeah, it's not it's not bad. I can't move it to a two, but I certainly didn't really enjoy it. So it's not a three, and it's just right there in movie purgatory in a in a two and a half. Mm. No, no, it's at least a three and a half to me. Oh, sweet guy. At least that means you're implying it could be a four. There is zero chance. It could be a four. Holy. I really enjoy this movie. You are really just relying on the fact that this is, um, you're into like Knights and King Arthur and all that stuff. Because well, sure. This, if you don't like that stuff, you're not going to enjoy this movie. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you can go see movies where, I mean, I doubt you could go see a movie where you actively hate something and then rate it high. I think you can be indifferent about something and come away either really liking it or not. Like I don't have anything against King Arthur. I, I, I I'm indifferent about it. Kind of like Sherlock Holmes. I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, so it's up to the medium then to convince me that this is good or not. And and it just didn't do it for me. But I, I mean, if you're talking three and a half is high, four is crazy high for this movie. Well, I gave it three and a half. Thank you. Okay. But I did have a question. I meant to ask earlier. Oh, okay. What would you think of uh, Selvig? Selvig. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you're kind of taking my thunder here, but he sucked. (laughs) He was... We're not there yet. Okay. Well, we'll put a pin on that. We'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. (laughs) Horribly out of place. So let's... uh, What's the next one? We got... uh, What was your favorite part? Okay. Well, in a movie full of acting by Clive Owen that I did not like... And this just cemented to me that I, I don't really care for Clive Owen, and I'm not surprised that he got a few shots at, at superstardom and, and didn't come out being a superstar. Um, I, I actually, my favorite moment was when he breaks out the people from the prison um, at the Roman guy's place north of the wall or whatever, you know, when they knock down the stones and get the prisoners out of there, basically where they find Kira Knightley. Right. Um, that was kind of the one time where this movie that was supposed to be a historical epic felt like it was epic because you're starting to get Arthur's, you know, moral compass out there a little bit more aggressively. Um, You feel like that might be the turning point where he becomes, you know, this leader of people. And I just thought it was filmed really well. I thought it was laid out really well um, and acted really well. The rest of the movie, I thought acting was just flatlined across the board, but this is the one moment where I was like, okay, you got me here. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I, I do think Clive is a good choice for Arthur because I don't think you want him, his emotions all over the place. I think he mm-hmm. played the straight man and let the uh, the knights do all the, the bouncing around for him. Sure. I just feel like I'm not a big Clive fan and this kind of cemented that. See, preconceived notions have ruined this entire movie for you. Uh, Hold on. You hated Mr. Fantastic coming in. You hated well, Clive. I, I hated Mr. You didn't, Fantastic. You didn't like Stellan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I do like Stellan Skarsgård as an actor. Um, I was indifferent on Clive Owen coming into this movie. I didn't really have a feeling on him one way or the other. And I didn't have enough data to make a decision about Mr. Fantastic because I'd only seen him as Mr. Fantastic. So I thought maybe in my mind, I was like, oh, he must kill it in King Arthur if that's what got him the role in Fantastic Four. Um, so I don't know. I, like I said, a lot of these guys in here, I'm just like, okay, you know, I, I am here. I, not a, not necessarily good or bad on Arthur, not necessarily good or bad on Clive Owen. You, you have a blank slate to win me over and it did not do it. It doesn't sound like a blank slate. <laughs> well, yeah, because I've now seen the movie, so you're getting my reaction to it. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment then? My favorite part was Mads versus Stellan. The, the oh, fight, really? The the fight between them two. I like the <sighs> the build up between the two and then their no, fight. I hated it. Is because Mads lost? Is that why you didn't like it? Well, yes, but it was kind of like the thing that irks me in most action movies. And, you know, here I go again bringing up John Wick. Uh, the dude should not be able... Like, Stellan Skarsgård does not give you the impression that he's an incredible warrior that could go toe-to-toe with Mads. The son, sure. Stellan, no. Well, see, I think that they played him up as if he could. And I think that you needed to have him fight one of the knights to show that he is worthy of fighting Arthur. Now, that I agree with. I, I do agree with that. But my point, I guess You're talking I about felt, the actor. So you're, you're, yes, you're putting Selvig yes. in there in a beard. Yes, yes. So that's your and problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that's entirely true. <laughs> I do not buy Stellan Skarsgård in any way, shape, or form as a, uh incredible warrior. I don't. But he's a big dude. I don't care. I don't, don't care. He's got the the voice and the acting chops for it, and they kind of gave him a a bigger outfit to fill, he, flesh. He him would out be a bit. great as a CGI thing voice voiceover, <laughs> but like I, on screen, it's just not happening. It is not happening. Yeah, I think once you know it's him, it, it takes a bit of a bit of it away. Mm-hmm. But I thought he did a a good job acting that role. If you didn't know it was him, okay. If you're talking about acting as a villainous bad guy, sure. But when you're supposed to be this, you know, a- incredible warrior, I-, I just can't do that. And even then, I just I felt like I was watching somebody in a in a bad costume when I saw Stellan. It, it just I-, I can't do it. It it was so, too much for me. Okay, so going back to your, this is not a John Wick reference though, uh, because he was supposed to be a badass the whole movie. So true, he's le- he's leading the Saxons, and he'll fight anybody at any time. He'll challenge anybody at any time, type of thing. Yep, like he'll 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 kill you. The the John Wick is, hey, my henchman will do this, but he was the actual guy. Yeah. And so there he, but you didn't actually see him do anything other than kill one of his own men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that they're all kind of scared of him. So they didn't really build that up so much. So you needed that fight with Mads to yeah. have him go toe to toe with with Clive. I do agree with that. Yep. So, but I did like seeing Mads fight because he had the cool sword and he yep. just uh 
just their whole one of the things that that gets me every time is when uh uh stone like cuts him across the face and like you can't see but he's he's still got a sword and he's crawling on the ground like flinging it around mm-hmm. like, just trying to keep his distance like i feel like that was what somebody would do in a real fight it just looked and felt real to me okay okay even though they built him up to be such a badass, I think that's why I was yeah. trying to inflate the the villain. Sure. Uh, yes, you had to do that. I do agree with you there. So, that was my favorite part. Okay. Well, then, uh, what's the one thing you would change? The strategy at the end. Hated it. Okay. I still hate it. It makes no sense. Why You have this perfectly good wall that's there for a reason. You have all sorts of long-range weapons that are at your disposal. Now, maybe if you never had arrows or like and the... The world just had sticks and stuff, stabs mm-hmm. and swords. Okay, maybe. Um, but they had a trebuchet back there. You know, they had three of them. They had <laughs> arrows, and they were all very good shots, you know? And they could they could just use that wall and pick them apart. I just don't get why, uh, why that was the strategy. Yeah. Or even if it was, and they were going to shut the door behind the first group, if they thought they were going to do that, then man the wall after that. Yeah. I don't Agreed. Know. Yep. The whole strategy behind it, find a way to get them through the wall and then uh, have whatever fight you want to have on the inside. But that didn't make any sense. Yeah, I do not disagree with you so, there. That's my problem. So it gets, it gets me every time. <laughs> so I said this earlier, but you could go two ways with this for me. Um, so my one thing I would change is all about Merlin. I think you either ax it completely, like you can keep, Everybody else, Kira, you can have them all be that, but just don't make Merlin the leader. Or if you're going to keep Merlin in there, I think you need something more interesting about him. I think there needs to be more of a connection there between him and Arthur because they hint at it. Uh, I'm not saying there needs to be magic, but if you're going to keep the Excalibur line in there, then like let's let's dive into that just a tad bit more to make it more cool. I kind of lean towards, because of my opinion of this movie, I, I think it needs something and I would have kept Merlin and probably made him more interesting and not necessarily go like all out magic or fantasy with it, but find some realistic inspiration to what that could be because you, you have Merlin there, but you just don't really do anything with him. So like figure out a way that, you know, Merlin could have been real and done cool stuff that could have somehow been misinterpreted as magic. He could develop the gunpowder that they use. Sure, something, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, don't you know think that'd have been very as cheesy as it is in every other movie. I mean, the wizard, maybe, the wizard is the one that has the gunpowder. Maybe I, I don't know what it is, but I just felt like it was not worth even having Merlin in the movie at this point with what they did. Hmm. And I think the movie needs something to spice it up a little bit because I felt it was very boring. Because Stellan didn't do it for you. <laughs> no is that you trying to segue me right into my casting change yeah let's go ahead and do that okay well Stellan sucked and <laughs> um i don't even really feel like you needed a right hand man uh in this so like hugo stiglitz is his son who's the right hand man yeah and i don't really think you needed that or either that or the right hand man could have just been nobody which i mean hugo stiglitz is kind of nobody i don't really know what else he's been in besides that so I just said, just get rid Driven. of... Driven. Oh, is he in that? The Stallone one? In it, the Stallone one? He's in one race car. Racing. Oh, hmm, I didn't know that. Oh, well, now i got to find it. Okay, well, while you're looking at that, um, 
yeah, I just would have been lazy about this and just said, take Skarsgård out and make Hugo Stiglitz be the head of the Saxons because he actually looks scary and intimidating, and I believe that he could kill people on a whim. So, problem solved. Really? Yeah. Why not? You just deleted him. Mm-hmm. And you gave it to Stiglitz. Mm-hmm. That's... Wow. I mean, I mean think think about what Hugo Stiglitz does. I mean, he all he really does is like threaten his dad in the beginning, or not really threaten him, but kind of like go against him. And then he leads the one charge against the ice, across the ice. And then in the final battle, he's the one fighting. Uh, who is he fighting in that final battle? Is he fighting Lancelot and Guinevere? And Guinevere, yeah. Okay, but I mean, that could be anybody. You don't need it to be the right hand guy. It could just be somebody. Make Stiglitz be the 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 main guy. Just put him in Skarsgård's role. It is Driven. Okay. Man, that's that, impressive memory. I, I don't remember shit about Driven. That's uh, that's the one thing that he reminds me of. I totally forgot about Stiglitz. Wow. Yeah. And that goes right into my casting change with him. I thought he... You don't want Stiglitz is, in there? No. <laughs> not at all. Why? Uh, I thought he was not intimidating. I thought he was kind of a pansy. I thought... I know that's part of what they kind of played of, but of this kind of whipping boy son. But if he's second in command until he fails, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I didn't like his look. Um, no, thank you. Got him out of there. I think he looks the role way more than Stellan looked his. Oh, I don't think so at all. No. <sighs> okay. So who, who's yeah. replacing Hugo? So it was 2004, and so I was trying to get the son of uh, Stellan, uh, who, hold on, now that I just saw Hugo was born in 63. Sorry. So you have two options, then, if you're going sons of Stellan, right? So... <laughs> So uh, Unless there's another one I don't know about. How many sons does he have? So Hugo is uh, is only 12 years younger. Okay. Than Stone. I don't like that. But no, I put in uh, Charlie Hunnam. Oh, he's not a son of Stellan. What are you a talking? A 24-year-old Charlie Hunnam. I know he's okay. not a son of Stellan. I wouldn't go in that oh. route. Oh, okay. uh, I would, you know, his uh, his eldest I would have enjoyed. In this, uh, I don't know how old he is now? Or is, how he old he Alex- been. is he Alexander? Is he the yeah. oldest? Okay, the oldest to my knowledge. Yeah, he looks Vikingish. Okay, but yeah. I went. Uh, you went the smaller guy, but I think looked better and has an accent. I went. Uh, went uh, Charlie Hunnam. Mm. He'd have been a twenty-four-year-old Hun- Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam looks too much like a good guy, which is probably why he was cast in Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Well, see, there was also a mercy killing because then that wouldn't have happened. Wait, so I like that to think that I also don't think Guy Ritchie's King Arthur would have happened if he oh, would have been okay. in this. I got you. I thought you were talking about a mercy killing in the movie. I was like, "What are you talking about?" But you mean uh, you mean the movie? Gotcha. I mean the movie. If I put him in this, I doubt that they would have casted him as King sure. Arthur. And so that, uh, yeah, that movie's terrible. Don't watch that one. Okay. Well, it can't be. All that much worse than this one. Oh, believe you me. <laughs> you and I and I like this stuff, and I yeah. like uh, Charlie Hunnam. 
So well, it's it's bad. It's real no, bad. I'm kind of intrigued to go watch that one to see if I think it's that much worse than this. Well, we can't yet. We have to connect it somehow. And we no, may I, I just to. mean on my own. No. I don't know, man. It's got it's got similar ratings on Letterboxd. Two point eight. It's actually higher than King Arthur. The the oh, guy Richie one is two point no eight. Way. There is no way. You go okay. So homework for next time. You need to watch that and uh and compare the two. Okay. If you want your magical element, you you got it. Yes. Yeah. All but, right. Uh, what award are you giving this movie? I gave it the uh the best interpretation of a King Arthur movie. Not oh. named Monty Python. <laughs> I I can't even think of stuff off the top of my head besides First Night. And... First Night, Excalibur, Camelot. Ooh, and then... I liked Excalibur as a kid, but I haven't seen it in, since I was a kid. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good, and I and I enjoy this one. And the new King Arthur that came out, like all there's one called Guinevere. Like they're like I get suckered into all these because I I love the idea, and they don't execute very well. But this one I like. Okay. So it's the best uh, not named Monty Python, and that's just for that's just a hilarious movie. <laughs> I get a I, kick uh, every time those coconuts come over the hill. <laughs> I just can't, I just can't get over that. Like I'd be, I could just watch that scene and then be done. Just turn it off. Yeah, and based on the last time I watched it, that's what I would say you should do. Oh, you're gonna yep. get some feedback Probably. on that. I loved it when I was a kid, but it didn't hold up for me in college. Maybe now that I'm older, it will. You know, I think you appreciate itself. it more Maybe. now. Possibly. Um, Wait, so what'd you give it? I gave it a, a top tier that guy movie. Like I, I can't say it's the I can't say it's the <laughs> just, best. Just that guy. just up there, kind of. Well, just no, it, there, it, kind of. it's towards the top. But I mean, I would have to do some all in all out research to figure out like what's the best movie I thought had just a bunch of that guys. But this is the first movie in a long time that I remember sitting there just being like, whoa, like. I don't know their names off the top of my head, but there's like five guys right here that I know, like right off the bat. This is top to bottom. I mean, even your your main character, Clive Owen, to many is a that guy. Yeah. Well, and then Hugo Stiglitz. I mean, like I I knew him right away, right? But like he's yeah. he's a that guy. Yeah, I think the only one that's not is Kira Knightley. Uh, maybe Joel Edgerton. In hindsight, really. I mean, some he, people might think it's Jeremy Renner. There's always that possibility. <laughs> that's not even. That, that's no. They don't look alike. You just think no, that they they're don't. interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, you could have put Jeremy Renner in this movie, and it would have been you, just just the same. You, you could have, but I guarantee you, show his face, and people do not know his name. <laughs> right. Uh, that's probably true. Even even my boy Stellan. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Stellan would also have been and, and honestly. Nowadays, Kira Knightley might even be a that gal. Like, she doesn't do a whole lot of mainstream movies anymore. Yeah, but you know who she is. I, I think it depends. I think if you are our age and you grew up where you kind of spotted her, you know, retroactively in Phantom Menace, and then you had Pirates of the Caribbean, you have this. Yeah, Pirates uh, Alone, I think. Sure, but I think there's a swath of people younger than us that Love maybe... Actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, it's possible. But if there yeah. is somebody that's going to be name dropped, it would be her. I do agree with that. Yeah, even even Mads is a is a that guy. Oh, for sure, total that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know him, but there's no way like you know seventy percent of people are going to just be like, oh, that's Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> no, it's, that's not happening. It's, that's the guy from Doctor Strange. Yeah, or that's the guy from Rogue One. 
I don't even remember he was in Rogue One. Dude, he creates the... Yeah, I, I, I know. Jen I, now that bad. you said it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's only in like three minutes of it. No, he's in more than that. Four. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are you telling people to go see if they like this movie? Okay. So if you like this movie, I think you would kind of like this movie. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but it has the same kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm I'm not sure if it's better, it's probably not better. But I went with the Pathfinder. Oh, I don't even know what that is. That's uh with Carl Urban. Jesus. That feels a- against, about right. Against the Kurgan. Wow. Now okay. the Kurgan is one of the best villains I think you could ever cast, just because of his size and his voice. Mm-hmm. This is 2007, so he's not as old as he, he was. Here he is now, clearly. But it uh, it's about Vikings that come to America and, and fight the natives that are here pre-Columbus stuff. Okay. And so it's that medieval Viking feel and fighting and death. Carl Urban, this is kind of pre-him being anything. And... uh I enjoy it. But the one thing about the Kurgan that I, I like to, to bring up is his name is Clancy, mm-hmm. which if you look at the guy and then you say Clancy, like that doesn't fit at all. <laughs> like the poor guy, guy got the most intimidating voice, I think, in, in all movies. And his name is Clancy. Yeah, he's the that guy for sure. Oh, yes, absolutely. But um, man, I don't know. I, I haven't seen this movie, but... The fact that you're comparing it to to Pathfinder and just what I'm looking at and seeing here on Pathfinder makes me think that that might be a good comparison because it looks like I would not like this movie. I don't think you'd like Pathfinder. Okay, which fits then, I, because I didn't like this. But I like I like this sort of thing. I think if you like this, you you you'd enjoy Pathfinder. Okay, Go check it out. All right. Well, I said if you like this movie, you would also like Robin Hood from 2010 with Russell Crowe. You, yeah, because no. I feel like it's the same kind of thing where we've got this story that's you know in the I, I don't know what they call that where after it's been published for so long it basically goes into the the mainstream where anybody can do anything with you don't have to pay Open for rights domain. anymore. Yeah, that's it. So like Robin Hood's there and Sherlock Holmes is there and I assume King Arthur is there, and they just try to do a you know gritty kind of realistic take on. Robin Hood and it was very mediocre and tried to be semi-historically epic and it wasn't and kind of fits with this. And that one, that one's like a three and a half hour movie, I think. Well, this felt like three hours. Well, it wasn't, but that one feels every minute of it. <laughs> well, it it's, it's not good. I did not enjoy it. And I feel this, like, and I'm trying to remember, but I feel like they never even got to the part that you're supposed to get to in the Robin Hood movie. I mean, it's possible. I have not seen it in a long time, which falls perfectly into this because I don't imagine I will remember much about King Arthur uh, probably by tomorrow. <laughs> well, King Arthur is a much better movie than Robin Hood, but mm, sure, go debatable. watch Robin Hood because what else are you doing? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, well, I, I wouldn't watch Robin Hood. I mean, I guess if you liked King Arthur, fine. Then maybe you'll like Robin Hood, but otherwise... Nah. You're telling them not to watch either. Yeah. Your recommendation is to not watch the movie you recommended for them. 
Yes. Because <laughs> I would assume that if they've got a good head on their shoulders, then they didn't like this movie. So this this question's already not for them anyways. If you liked this movie, <laughs> you, okay, is, it, it is what is being presented here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, so if we're playing our, our connection game, we have a lot of ways to go. Yeah. So you're welcome for opening this up. <laughs> so yeah, now we, uh, we can pretty much pick our poison from here on out. Yeah, we can probably dig through a, a lot of movies. I actually just uh, watched Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the first one, today. So probably won't be picking that for bridging off of Kira Knightley, but uh, it was good to revisit that one. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I've always liked that movie. The, the sequels don't do much for me, but that first one is kind of like magic in a bottle, lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Like it, it shouldn't have worked. Everything about it probably shouldn't have worked, but it really does. I think it was fine for the time. It's way too over the top for me. The fighting uh, on the wheels that are rolling down the No, the that's hill. not this one. That's not this one. Okay, the fighting in the blacksmith shop? Yes. With, yeah, all that. It, it, it reminds me of Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull, sword um, fighting with the on the, the jeeps through the jungle with the monkeys well, everywhere. I, I think we've gotten to the point where family movies are even skewing a little bit more realistic, like Marvel and all that stuff. And I think this was back in the time when family movies still had a little bit of that to it. I mean, yeah, the blacksmith thing. I mean, it, it's like a 10 second scene where they pop each other up onto the top, but it's a little long. Uh, it's like two twenty, Um, but I, I enjoy it still. I mean, I still feel like Johnny Depp probably got robbed that year of a performing award. Cause I think he's just great as that character. Now, it worth in over four sequels or whatever, but how many movies are there? There's five. There's five total. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to do another retro next week because we don't have any other options really unless something new is cropping up on streaming so we'll have to do our research this week and see what we're coming up with all right we're back all here right. <laughs> that's right all right thanks everybody for listening carson as usual where can they find you on twitter at carson graff g-r-a-f-f you can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies, or you can always email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. If you are on Apple, do us a favor and go leave a review to let everybody know that you are a fan of this show. And like we mentioned, we will be back next Tuesday with either a retro or... Maybe something will pop up on streaming as these movie companies start lobbing things out onto their streaming platforms. Or a top five or something completely different. Who knows? Could be. It very well could be. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.